Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May. I'm so excited to be with you today. Today, I want to talk about something very, very important and I feel like is really um, probably one of the most important things that we can do for our health, and that is reducing and ideally eliminating stress and fear. And you're probably wondering, why do I want to talk about this? Like, why would we want to talk about it if we're already stressed and already fearful? Why is talking about this going to help? Well, because in order to eliminate your stress and your fear, you have to become aware of what's causing your stress and your fear. So when you think about your identity as yourself, your name, do you, when you look in the mirror, do you just see yourself as the person that you are? Or do you see yourself as the human being that's comprised of 50 trillion cells, each cell that's a living entity, an entire community of 50 trillion cells, of sentient cells, meaning cells that have their own knowledge and functioning. But at the same time, they function within a system and that system is your human body, your human ecosystem. And so when we when we have a community like this, like we could think about it, you know, as our human body, a, you know, an ecosystem of 50 trillion cells, similarly, as like the United States, with the amount of human beings that are in the United States, or even the planet, nothing happens in a vacuum. So something that happens in one cell of the body has ripple effects throughout the entire body. And so when we are fearful, when we're stressed, that causes a cascade of reactions that then cause other things to happen in their body. So I'd like to get specific to give you some deeper understanding because I think the more we have a deeper understanding of what's actually happening in the body, the more that we can relay that back to our behaviors and relate it back and say, oh, when I'm watching the news and it creates a fear response, then that actually is having a physiological, a real physical effect on the health of my physical body. So we were taught once upon a time when I was in school, one of the big science mantras was that your genes determine your fate. They determine your health. They determine, you know, um, how you're going to live and die. 
And now we know that that's just simply not true. Now through the study of epigenetics, we know that our DNA is a blueprint, but it's a blueprint that's very easily manipulated by its environment. And so the fate of the cell we now know is not controlled by the genes. It is controlled of our everything that's going on around us. And so let's think about, let's start with the brain. And when we think about pleasureful things, loving things, then our brain and other places in our body, but mainly our brain releases chemicals of pleasure like dopamine, oxytocin, and vasopressin even, and growth hormone. And so when we have all of these hormones and chemicals circulating through our body, then we're able to um, be more attractive to our mates, we're able to feel that loving connection. You know, that um, hormone oxytocin is known as like the bonding hormone between a mother and her newborn child. But it also comes out when we're, you know, um, in a warm, loving embrace with our mates. So these hormones and these chemicals, they're released and then they encourage um, positive reinforcement of behaviors. So because we feel good when we are in love, we feel good when we're in that embrace, we feel good when we're around people that we love, whether it's our family and friends. And so the same could be said on the opposite side. So that was an example of our brain and our body reacting to positive stimuli. But the same is true when we talk about um, some, we call it negative stimuli. But honestly, I don't see it as negative. It's just along, you know, the, the continuum and the spectrum of what is possible and what happens in our body. So um, when we are in fear and in stress, our stress hormones actually shut down our immune system because evolutionarily speaking, we were engineered to survive. And, you know, millions and hundreds and thousands of millions of years ago, when our ancestors, our human ancestors were first roaming around, they really didn't have a lot to worry about except finding food and not getting eaten or not, you know, falling to your death or coming to some horrible outcome with a physical encounter of the environment. So because of that, our brains engineered themselves for this fight, flight or freeze, Freeze most of the time probably meant that you're going to die. But if you fought or you fled, then you could possibly survive. And when that happens, your body produces norepinephrine, epinephrine, adrenaline is epinephrine. And these are the hormones that shut down other parts of your body so that your body will literally shunt blood to your extremities so that you can run. So when it's shutting down blood to other parts of your body, what does that mean? It's shutting down blood to your digestive system, to your uh, reproductive system, to some of the other places that um, need those oxygen and nutrients to provide different hormones for different homeostatic balance mechanisms. So when we're in stress, when we're in fear, we are designed to have different parts of our body shut down. And one of those 
things is reproduction and immune system. And so if you're stressed, if you're constantly stressed, or in a state of fear, you're you're going to have an an immune system that's suppressed, you're not going to be able to fight off all of those insults, whether it's COVID, or a cold, or flu, or norovirus, or any of those other things that we're come in contact with all day, every day, If we're in a constant state of fear and stress, then our body simply just won't be able to defend itself the way it should on a chemical level. And this also can be said for cancer and other chronic diseases. So almost all illnesses, all illnesses that are not of the genetic um, mutation or genetic default or not default, but, um, you know, like, oh, what am I trying to say? (laughs) You know what I mean? So there's only actually like 1% of diseases across the planet right now that are uh, due to genetic mutations or a defect. Defect, that's the word I was looking for earlier, (laughs) a defect in your genetic makeup. That's only 1%. So everything else actually can be boil down to inflammation, or suppression of different systems in our body. And all of this is again, brought down to some sort of stress. And there are three types of stress. There's physical, emotional, and chemical. So physical stress, of course, is trauma, injuries, accidents, Chemical stress can be flus, bacterial infections, blood sugar levels. So if your blood sugar is chronically elevated, that actually is a form of stress on your body. Even hangovers can be a form of chemical stress. Emotional stress can be anything from like family tragedies, second mortgages, single parenting, worrying about your retirement, any sort of worry and chronic underlying just feeling of doom is considered an emotional stress. And all of these things throw your body out of whack, it throws it out of balance, it throws it out of homeostasis. And when it does that, it is the beginning of a chronic condition developing. Now, if you're one of these people that has an exercise practice that has a meditation practice that gets um, disconnected digitally on a regular basis, um, or goes through, you know, healthy, clean eating and detoxing on a regular basis, then you are counteracting some of these um, stress impacts, and you're not doomed. But so many of us out there are not aware that our lives are so gravely and greatly impacted by this constant onslaught. Are you constantly watching the news? Are you constantly reading the newspaper? Are we constantly talking about the economy or politics or war or what's happening in the Supreme Court or what's not happening in our state legislature? Or maybe you're surrounded by natural disasters right now. Right now where I live, we're surrounded by smoke because there are multiple states that are on fire, including my own. And so all of these aspects are considered something to worry about and are also things that could be imminent dangers. And so that unless we're conscious about 
uh, deactivating those thoughts and really making a deliberate choice to not worry and to not dwell on those things, then we are almost assuredly going to be in a um, situation of fear and stress. So going back to the biology of what's happening, I talked about adrenaline, but there's also cortisol and cortisol is known as a stress hormone. And it is normal when the first thing when you wake up in the morning, your cortisol should spike. It's part of the um, hormones and the chemicals that help us wake up. But if we have too much cortisol, like we spike our cortisol with caffeine, or we spike our cortisol with that fight or flight response, then that cortisol is actually an immunosuppressant again, and it is suppressing our immune system. So it's um, interesting too, if we think about um, in some types of cancer sometimes, or even transplant patients, we will want to suppress the immune system first. So it either doesn't reject the organ or doesn't reject the bone marrow transplant or doesn't reject the type of therapy that we're going to give to treat the cancer. And a lot of times we will pre-treat with um, corticosteroids. So prednisone, methylprednisolone, um, some of some of you out there might know these um, as um, Medrol, like if you've taken a Medrol dose pack, or you've been on a um, steroid taper, sometimes even for things like sinus infections or different sorts of respiratory infections will go on steroid tapers. All of this is actually to suppress your immune system to actually stop it from trying to help your body. And so, you know, these are all very interesting things to keep in mind. And so we talked about the biology and we've talked about what kind of stresses that there are out there. Let's also talk about a little bit more about the emotional side of things. Let's talk about um, some anxiety and depression because also these, um, their emotional stresses, they turn on the stress response. And again, it seems our body doesn't, is not able to tell the difference between an outside stress, meaning outside in the world, or an inside stress, meaning inside of our body. All our body knows is that a stress is a stress is a stress that is, is a stress. They're all the same according to the chemical signature in our body. They all react the same. And so when we are anxious, when we're depressed, then again, we have turned on that sympathetic nervous system. We're in fight or flight. And we are constantly giving that our body that rush of adrenaline, that rush of cortisol. And it's exhausting. You know, it's exhausting if you've been through it. I've been through it. I can tell you for sure it's exhausting. And eventually it might even progress to the point of full on adrenal fatigue because your poor little adrenals, they're just these two little organs that sit on top of your kidneys. They're not very big at all. And they just can't keep up. They're constantly putting out all these chemicals. Go, 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 go. Because when we are in this fight or flight, when we have anxiety, when we have depression, when we're stressed, we're not sleeping well, right? And when we're not sleeping well, then our body is not resting and recovering. And so again, this just some, becomes it's something perpetual. And so it becomes no wonder that we have high blood pressure because what happens to your blood pressure when you pump it full of adrenaline? It goes up and people wonder, 
wow, I don't know why I just all of a sudden got, you know, high blood pressure out of the blue. It's not out of the blue. How long have you been living in a stress state? And I say that with as much love as I possibly can. I know it sounds like I might be lecturing, <laughs> but this is a lecture of love um, because I've seen it in my own family. I've actually been through it myself a few years ago. My um, doctor told me that I was prehypertensive and I looked at her like she was crazy. But then when I gave myself and my life a hard look, I was like, Oh, actually, I could see where this is coming from. Because I wasn't sleeping right. I was not happy at work. And so that's the other thing too, if, if even if we don't think that we're quote, stressed about something, maybe it's just that you're not happy. You're not happy at work. You're not happy in your family life. You're not happy in your relationship. You're not happy, um, I don't know, with whatever other dynamic and relationships are going on. All of this unhappiness comes, feeds back into the same place. And it literally, physically, emotionally, and energetically exhausts our body. And eventually our body starts to malfunction. We start to have high blood pressure. We start to have high cholesterol. We start to have heart attacks. We start to develop um, cancers in different places of our body. And we maybe are then we are starting to really feel depressed, really anxious. And now before we know it, our entire medicine cabinet is filled with its own private little pharmacy. And that's usually the way it goes for a lot of us. But I am here to tell you that that's not how it has to go. And right now, at this moment today on this show is the time for you to choose. If any of what I'm saying is ringing true for any of you out there, now is your time to choose differently, to make the choice to say, hey, I'm going to get real, I'm going to get honest with myself. And I'm going to figure out like, where am I not happy? Where and what is causing me stress in my life? When do I feel dread? Let's think about that. When is it when you do have social anxiety? So if um, your partner wants you to go to a party, or uh, maybe you're supposed to go to a work meeting or a work dinner, do you feel dread? And you just want to hide and not go? It's okay to feel those things. But we need to be aware because when well, that's one of the feelings and one of the cycles that feeds back into this stress. So now we're not being chased by the predators anymore, but we're being drug around by our careers, by our relationships, by all these choices that we've made for ourselves that aren't truly what lights us up, what makes us happy, what allows us to rest and recover. And so the first thing that I really want to encourage you to do, so I want to move in, I feel like I've um, berated this drum for long enough. But I want to now turn the page and switch the conversation to what can we do? So the first step is always awareness. And so I encourage you to set aside some time, maybe if it's even on your commute on your way to work or home from work, or, you know, um, carting your kids all around to their activities, uh, just take some time and take a mental inventory of all the things you do throughout your day, and how you feel while you're doing them. 
And once you have that just like little mental inventory, then later I want you to set aside some time and pull out a piece of paper and a pencil or pen or a pretty little journal or even you can type it up on your laptop. But I really like the, you know, the paper to pen or, you know, hand to page uh, contact. I want you to write down all the thoughts that you're thinking relative to those things that stuck out to you about the events or the actions that you do where you don't feel connected, where you don't feel happy, where you don't feel fulfilled. All of those instances, tasks, obligations, any of those things, write down how you feel and what are you thinking about them. Are you thinking I have to go to work instead of I get to go to work or I choose to go to work? Are you thinking about, you know, no matter how much I work, I still don't have, you know, everything to make ends meet? Are you like all of the thoughts, just write them all down, get them all out of your head, get them on paper. Because once you have them on paper, now you can actually evaluate what's going on in that head of yours and that head of mine, because I'm right there with you. And we can see, okay, look at each one of those thoughts. Is this thought real and rational? Or is this thought something that is actually not real? It or it's a thought or a mantra that you don't actually believe because there's you'd be amazed about the amount of thoughts that we think that aren't even ours, that we were taught to by our parents, our grandparents, the church, the community, whatever society, all these things, but that we don't actually agree with. So there's a a lot of power in examining your thoughts because eventually we're going to get to like where you want to be and creating those thoughts and that ideal life for yourself. But before we can get there, we have to sort of unpack where you are now, what you're feeling about it, what you're thinking about it, looking at it from an objective, loving, compassionate perspective. This is not a chance for you to beat up on yourself. So any of y'all out there that are uh, right away judging yourself and beating up on yourself for your thoughts and your feelings are immediately feeling guilty for not feeling great about something, just stop because that's not what this exercise is about. This is just about witnessing, being a non-judgmental witness for yourself because love starts with yourself first. If you cannot show up in a loving way for yourself, if there is not love within you for yourself to create the space that you need for your health, then how in the hell are you going to show up and be that person for your spouse or your kids or your family or your job or any of the other things that are out there that are constantly asking and pulling things from you. And that is just a let's get real moment. So the truth is, you have to show up for yourself first, you have to love yourself first, you have to choose yourself first, to say I love myself enough to take two whole minutes and breathe deeply in the bathroom on my little break from work so that I can come back to center and not lose it on somebody at work. 
or loving yourself first looks like, okay, before I go into work, I'm just going to close my eyes in my car. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to set a positive intention for myself. And I'm going to say that no matter what happens today, you know, I'm not going to be taken out. I'm not going to be taken down. I'm not going to be distracted by any of this other stuff because I'm here to do a job and that's what I'm here to do. And I can do it with light and positivity and just really centering yourself. Choosing yourself looks like drinking water throughout the day to keep yourself hydrated. Choosing yourself looks like, you know, choosing nourishing good food. So all these different things of Choosing yourself means setting a bedtime for yourself and sticking to it. And I know this is one that's actually been a big one for me, especially since I've switched from um, graveyard and swing work to being a daytime normal person in this past year. In order to do that for myself, I actually had to set a bedtime because this is the first time in my life where I've really had to be a morning person. And I didn't want to be a miserable morning person anymore. I wanted to be a happy morning person. I wanted to be happy and productive when I first got up in the morning. So I had to ask myself, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, then what is it going to take? What do I need to change about me? And one of the first things was being diligent with what time and how I went to bed. And trust me, my husband will be the first one to tell you of all the ways that I'm still screwing it up, but I'm working on it and I'm getting better. And now I can wake up at 4.15 in the morning and meditate and be out of bed by 5 a.m. and on with my day. And I can do that seven days in a row for my work week most days. So that's a huge improvement and um, achievement for me that I'm super proud of and I feel really good about. But it didn't happen overnight. It was a process. And it was this awareness. It was introspection. It was not being judgmental to myself. It was giving myself the space to try new things, to figure out what didn't work, to figure out what did work, and to keep moving forward and to forgive myself when I didn't make the best choices, when I stayed up just a little too late to watch the end of that show that I really wanted to see the end of and what happened. Or, you know, learning to stop playing Sudoku on my phone before bed and put the phone down, preferably not even in the bedroom, and, you know, read a book or do a paper Sudoku by my, you know, bed light, the reading light by the bed, so that my brain is not stimulated by that digital device. So it's just different things. So again, I love you all. I want you to create lives that you love, that are healthy, that are thriving, that are long lived, and wonderful and happy. And in order to do that, sometimes a lot of times, actually, we have to sort of dig in and say, Ooh, what does that look like? What does that mean for me? Uh, because I'm almost positive that whatever it means for me does it does not mean the same thing for you. And that's the beautiful part of life is that it takes all different kinds and all different ways for this wonderful world to go around. And so I'm here just to get your brains thinking and to get you motivated and inspired to take action and to and to be open to change and to um, be able to get curious about what's possible for you. So, okay, we talked about the list. We talked about your thoughts. We talked about not judging your thoughts. 
And now we are going to talk about action implementation. And so now that you have realized what you're thinking, the next thing I want you to do, and this is probably going to be um, a bigger challenge than the other other ones is to actually set aside some time to do some breathing and meditating. And I know I'm, I can already feel the eye rolls. Some of you are like, yay, I love meditating. And others are like, oh my God, really? More, more of this, Lara, really? <laughs> so yes, more, more meditating, more breathing. Uh, because when you are taking deep breaths, you are allowing your body to reset that stress switch, that fear switch. And so as you take a deep breath and you allow your diaphragm to expand and you allow your lungs to expand, you're you're bringing in oxygen. And when your body absorbs that oxygen and it starts to circulate through your body, your vasculature dilates, it gets bigger. And what does that mean? It means more blood flow. What does that mean? More oxygen delivery. What does that mean? More nutrient delivery. What does that mean? Healthier homeostatic chemical reactions throughout your entire body, your heart rate slows down. When your heart rate slows down, now we have the happy hormones circulating again, instead of the stress hormones. And this is another beautiful domino effect. But unfortunately, unlike the stress response, which is a pretty fast domino effect, the um, de-stress response or the relaxation response is also a domino effect, but it takes a little bit more intention. And so we need to be deliberate. We need to be intentional with breathing. So long, deep breaths. My husband laughs at me because I sigh a lot, but I'm sighing because I'm taking in a big deep breath through my nose and I'm sighing it out because it just feels so good. (laughs) So there's several different breathing exercises that we can do to specifically decrease the stress response. One of them is slow, long, deep breath. So what I like to do is um, inhale deeply through the nose by count of four. And exhale longer than I've inhaled. So if that's... That was a count of seven. So you can count to yourself, you can set a timer or an interval timer. If you wanted to, that would be um, a four second, then a seven second and back to a four and alternate four, seven, four, seven. There's also, um, so this um, slow, long inhale, and then the exhale that's longer than your inhale is actually a really good way to reset your system pretty quickly. It tells your body immediately that it's time to relax, that it's time to slow down, bring down that heart rate, and slow down the brain waves, and flip back into rest and digestive state. So a lot of times you'll hear people say rest and digest. 
And so I think it's worth saying that worth saying that after we've eaten is a great time to take 10 minutes if we can to close our eyes and just practice slow, deliberate, deep breathing because it really allows your body to digest its food fully, to absorb it fully so that your body is assimilating the nutrients that you've just taken in. And it also allows that extra little bit of time of reset and rest, which we also desperately need in our lives. So that's just one type of breathing exercise. The next one that can be really helpful is called box breath. So envision a square in front of you, a box. And on the left side of the box going up is your inhale. And you can make this box as big as you want. But just remember, it a box is equal on all sides. A square is equal on all sides, right? So whatever number you start with is the number you're going to carry on with for the rest of the box. So inhale. So let's start with an easy one by a count of four. So inhale, one two, three, four, hold at the top of the box, two, three, four, exhale down the side, two, three, four, hold at the bottom, two, three, four, inhale up, one, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. And now just breathe regularly. So that was just two cycles of box breath. And just within those two cycles, I'm sure that you noticed different changes in your body, whether it was muscle relaxation, whether it was a decrease in your heart rate, whether it was even maybe just like this feeling of of relief, of euphoria. And Um, So those are just two, I don't want to overload you, but those two are very powerful. You can do them anytime you can do them in the car with your eyes open, you can do them at work at your desk with your eyes open. So no one needs to know that you're practicing these breathing exercises. But they are little tools to keep in your shirt pocket or your pants pocket or whatever it is, that can be used literally at any time. And I hope you do use them um, as many times as you need throughout the day. Because breathing is one of the things that we have um, that we're born with, right? If we're not breathing when we're born, then we're probably going to pass back over to the other side. So um, at any point, if our bodies stop breathing, we've got a real problem. So breath and breathing is life-giving, and life sustaining. And so if you ever catch yourself holding your breath, or you catch yourself in a situation where you're shallow breathing, um, which like, sometimes I'll notice people like breathing just from like their collarbones up. It's, it's even hard to like, mimic. I'm like, Oh, how do people breathe like that? (laughs) But I forget that, you know, not everyone has been taught to breathe. Uh, Me growing up as a swimmer, I had to learn how to breathe rhythmically in a pool, you know, pushing my body to the max and still oxygenating appropriately to keep going and to be successful. And that was just, you know, the beginning of my life. And from there, I've gone on to yoga and teaching yoga and 
um, studying yoga and studying different breathing techniques and putting all that into practice and really figuring out, you know, which ones do I like? Which ones do I not like? Which ones, how does my body respond to these different ways of breathing? It's really fascinating. Um, So I really encourage you guys to really get aware of how you breathe. And um, when you have determined your pattern, then evaluate, where is it? Should I improve upon it? Um, How would I like to do that? And you know, what would I like the outcome to be? Maybe, um, you know, another thing that's actually if you struggle with sleep, a really great, great way to help fall asleep is to just tune in and follow your breath. So you lie down on your back, you close your eyes, you get comfortable, you relax. You can put your hand on your heart if you want. And you could also do one hand on the heart and one hand on the belly. And so that way you can inhale and feel whichever hand you have on your belly rise as your diaphragm expands. And then as you exhale, just tune in and watch it um, release. And then with your other hand on your heart, you'll notice that the longer you breathe long and slow and deep and easy, your heart rate will slow down. And you will come into this place that we call heart coherence, where everything is aligning and attuning and vibrating at a very specific frequency. And the heart coherence frequency is 528 hertz. It's a very therapeutic and very healing frequency. And just by listening to music at this frequency, your body can align and attune to that frequency. So another um, thing that you could add on to your bedtime ritual is in addition to this breathing, you can find some uh, music on YouTube that is playing at this 528 hertz, which is the heart coherence frequency. And you can breathe along with that music knowing that you are doing such a service to your beautiful, loving body by giving it this time, giving it this breath, giving it this vibration and this frequency to um, fall to sleep with. And then you'll have the ultimate resting and recovery period through your sleep, hopefully with this process. Okay, so now that we understand a little bit about breathing and the role that it can play in being the stress and fear antidote, let's also talk about uh, what will be next. So we've assessed our thoughts, we have sat with our fear and, um, you know, given it that time and space. And so now it's time to think about, well, what would my life look like without this fear? What would my life look like without this anxiety? What thoughts would I be thinking if I were not fearful? What thoughts would I be thinking if I weren't anxious? What thoughts would I be thinking if I weren't depressed? What thoughts would I be thinking and what would I be feeling if I were happy? What would I be thinking and feeling if I were fulfilled? What would I be thinking and feeling if I were inspired? What would I be thinking and feeling if I were motivated to be lively throughout every single day? 
with an infinite amount of energy. Give yourself some time to think and imagine, even daydream about what that would look like and feel like because having a goal, having a something to strive for, to work towards is really what keeps us going as human beings. The fact that we always have something to do and hopefully in that list are things that we enjoy, that we love, that light us up, that fulfill us, that are fun, adventurous, make us laugh, um, you know, and enthrall us in love, all of the things. So, you know, in what ways can you bring more love into your life, both for yourself and in your relationships? In what ways can you bring more fun into your life? What ways can you bring in more adventure? What ways can you get more sunlight? What ways can you create more community for yourself? One of the things that, you know, is um, a sign that maybe things are not going in the right direction. If you start to isolate yourself away from other human beings, that is... Um, that is a sign that it is time to reach out and ask for help because we are social beings on this planet and we thrive by being with one another and around one another and in the state of community and in a state of support. And so I know that things are crazy right now all across the world, not just in the U S but definitely here in the U S for sure. And so it's, now times more than ever that we need each other, that we need to support each other, that we need to be compassionate and forgiving and non-judgmental and hold space for each other. So um, I rattled off a whole bunch of questions there, but hopefully you can take the time and go back to and listen to this on a replay and so where you can press pause and maybe write down some answers and then go to the next question and, and do that for yourself so that you'll have some idea of what life can and would look like when you've changed this state of being, when you've changed this state of mind, if you're one of those people that is in a state of fear or anxiety. And let me just say this about this whole concept of being in a state of fear and anxiety. A lot of times, for a lot of us, we don't realize that we're in a state of fear, anxiety, unhappiness, or depression until something drastic changes. Like I can say for, I was in a job for eight years, and I thought that I was happy enough. Um, my schedule, I liked my schedule, even though it was slowly debilitating my health, which I was in extreme denial about. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was a pretty decent job that didn't stress me out too much until it finally got to the point where I started to consider looking for another job. And so I found another job, I got another job, I moved on. And once I was out of that workplace, I felt this weight lifted and I was happier than I had been in a really long time. I had more energy. I had more motivation. I was inspired more. I was laughing more. I was enjoying life more. And I thought, man, I had no idea that I was so unhappy for so long until I was able to leave that situation. And so that's why I bring up this 
what do you feel dread about or what do you feel resistance doing or because those are like the little hints that life brings us to be like, hey, maybe it's time that you make a different choice, make a different decision for yourself, you get, change something because you wouldn't be feeling this this feeling of dissonance, you know, that that resistance, that dread that oh, I don't really want to go do that. Or Oh, man, why do I have to do that? Or, you know, that oblig obligatory feeling. Those are the little signs. And eventually, if we ignore those little signs long enough, then we get things like chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue, heart attacks, cancer, um, high blood pressure, all of those things, all of those big things come because we ignored so many of the little things. So I want again for today to be an opportunity for you to pause and just reflect how many of those little things are you ignoring every day? Or you're pushing away, you're pushing down, you're pushing out of sight. Because you just have to get through, you just have to get by, you just have to make those ends meet. I get it. I've been there. But I've also suffered um, health wise and mental health wise, so physical and mental health wise because of it. And I would love that's one of my passions is to be able to give you all my audience uh, the chance to not make the same mistakes I did. Or that if you catch yourself in some of the patterns that I'm speaking about, this is, you know, your aha moment to choose a different path to choose a different habit to choose a different pattern, um, to choose a different action for yourself. So I hope today has been um, inspiring and eye-opening and awakening and at least a little bit of, hmm, uh, reflective. And so again, I hope you take the time to listen to this on a replay so that you can press pause and answer some of those questions that I went through and do some of the journaling and definitely do some of the breathing exercises. Uh, I am Dr. Lara May. I am your host for the show. I can be found at drlaramay.com, D-R-L-A-R-A-M-A-Y.com. I am a functional medicine practitioner. I am a board certified clinical pharmacist specialist. And so if you are looking for a unique approach to chronic illness, definitely look me up for a functional medicine approach to your problem. I deal mainly with autoimmune things like IBS, uh, thyroid, migraines, diabetes, um, cardiac issues, lots of different things. But um, look me up, ask me your questions, because if I can't help you or find a solution for you, then I most likely have a colleague out there that can. So I oftentimes will make referrals. So um, definitely look me up for that. I also am a Reiki master teacher. And I have two Reiki classes coming up that I'm teaching. I'm teaching Angelic Reiki level one and two. And I'm teaching Angelic Reiki master teacher level. And this is coming up in October. So definitely check my website out for those classes. That can be found at drlaramay.com forward slash retreats. And uh, because I keep my retreats and my classes all on the same page. And then for functional medicine sessions, that can be at drlaramay.com forward slash sessions. And then also, if you just want a one-on-one -on -one Reiki session with me or an intuitive healing reading or channeling, 
That can also be found at drlaramay.com forward slash sessions because from that sessions page, you can book all of my services, whether it's functional medicine or intuitive, that can all be found there. And also coming up, um, I'm going to be hosting some retreats at some sacred sites across the planet. I'm really excited about that. The first one is going to be coming up in January in Mexico. So uh, definitely keep an eye on my website for those dates and um, the itinerary. It's going to be profound and magical and amazing and a great way to start the new year. And let's see, is there anything else? There's a lot going on. Um, So I will leave you today with just the friendly reminder to take a deep breath in through your nose, feel your belly expand, allow those lungs to expand and exhale, just sigh it out, let it all go and enjoy a big deep breath. Namaste. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Are you fed up and tired of not seeing any improvement in your health and not feeling heard by your doctors? I am Dr. Lara May, the founder and CEO of Light Body Healing and Consulting, your solution for deep healing of the body, mind, and soul. I'm an advanced practice clinician specializing in functional medicine and energy healing. Right now, when you sign up for a three to six month health and healing program with me, the initial 90 minute consultation fee is waived. This is a savings of $450. To sign up for your initial consultation, go to drlaramay.com forward slash services.